Greetings to everyone. Let me see the comments. Of course, greetings to everyone that um, religiously joins me here in the studio. Greetings to you all. But of course, greetings to everyone that's tuning with us tonight. It's a private broadcast intentionally just because I want to be free to pray. And yes, we do still pray. And the reason why we do is because um, our lives don't end with prayer. Yeah? Okay, I can see those tuning. Of course, I know some of the mobilizers are on from the different families. Of course, greetings to all the heads of families, um, to every single person that may be tuned in tonight. Forgive me if I don't call your name. I'm not too sure who's tuned in. But the reason why we're going to have, um, why this was intended to be a private broadcast is because I want to give room, opportunity for us to pray. And as I was just saying, we pray. Still, there's no shame in prayer. The reason for that is because our lives does not end with prayer. What does that mean? Meaning that where we've seen the downfall of the old style of church being that they pray and then they offer the doings to God, we understand that we pray in order to do. Do you understand? That's what makes our prayer effective. So yes, I'd greet every single person that's tuning in with me tonight from the Elite Prosperity House. I can see Pastor Casey, Pastor George, to all the houses. We're still on the topic of our soul mobilization, our drive, our financial mobilization towards the 11-11 event, Weekender. And what I want to do tonight is off the back of some of the things that Pastor Toby, our father, shared on Thursday, I want us to again ask ourselves certain questions with the goal to find and search out the, the answers in scriptures. Why do we do this? So pardon me if I repeat certain comments or scriptures that's been shared with us as of recent. Things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The reason for us to go into the scriptures is because that scripture made it clear the source of our strength. Our strength, if we want to, if we have set a target for ourselves, or if leadership has set a target for us, the ability, the energy to carry out, to fulfill what was given to you and I as a target it's not left to our zeal. I keep saying this. The reason why I emphasize on it cannot be zeal alone. Zeal is good, but it cannot be zeal alone is because that's not the power to mobilize. You can't maintain, you can't continue on zeal simply because things happen. I don't know why this has come to mind, but again, I'm speaking mainly to the family, but I know there's others. I just remember a comment that Pastor Ben made recently. He was saying to me, if, if God holds him in this thing, yeah, because God wants him to reach out to people, he said he's not going to do it. God should forget about it. Why? Because most at times, 
our willingness to carry out the things that God is telling us to do is based on how we feel. If we're not feeling up to task, we won't mobilize as we should. Now, why we get very passionate about these conversations is because like, and I'm going to take us through a number of scriptures tonight, but I won't take your time. But we discovered when PT started to speak to us about the kingdom, do you remember that reference? So before I go into that, let me finish with the comment I was just making. So we understand that the word, the scripture is the source to our strength. If you want to reach a certain target, how do you guarantee for yourself the ability how do you ensure for yourself that we have the energy to reach that target it is not zeal it's the consumption of the word how much word i hope well family life family you're going to preach with me tonight do you know why i'm saying this because collectively together we're pushing into something i think i'm gaining do you know what i realize the more your heart begins to search out things, you will find. I think I have another reason as to why this 11-11 um, service is peculiar. I think I have another reason because day on to day he utters speech. Night on to night he reveals knowledge. For the word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet so I progressively find out things. So I'm going to need your attention tonight. But you see, for me, I understand that the source of my strength is the word. If I bank that on my age, do you know that whether you like it or not, you're going to grow. You're going to age. So we can't rely on how young we are. How young we are or how much we have or the access we have, all of these things are only tools but not the source. Are you hearing me? For my youthfulness, my age can be used as a tool for work now, but it cannot be the source of it. So I think we understand that the source of our strength, and I'm just opening up with this as a reminder, the source of our ability to meet our soul targets, our financial targets, is simple, the word. But I wanted to call you back to something Pastor Toby said. We preached on it already. So I'm just getting your mind prepared to bring you to the last verse I will take you to on what I believe is another reason as to why the 11-11 event is peculiar. Things like when P.T. was speaking to us about kingdom, do you remember the scripture that he used? One of the scriptures that we preached on was the kingdom of God is like a man should find treasure maybe start off with that scripture can you find that scripture for me it's like a man should find treasure hidden in a field and for the joy of him finding that treasure what does he do do you remember he does not take that treasure he does not have the right to take it because if he takes that treasure at that point should he flaunt the, the wealth of what he has discovered. Do you know that the landowner will have rights to call it back? So what must he do? Scripture says that you've got the scripture there. So let's read it together. The kingdom of God is like treasure. Go on. Hidden in a field. It is hidden in a field. Meaning that it's not obviously seen at first. It's not on the surface. It's hidden. 
Now, when a man when a man finds it, now why would he find this if he's not first searching? Do you know that with two weeks plus towards 11-11, I've been asking myself, I've not seen in the nation us have this much time towards the preparation of an event. So maybe God is using time to give us opportunity to find something. Maybe there's something we have to discover as a family, as a mobilizer, before that time comes. I said it to you last week, by the time it hits midnight, 11-11, whatever it is that we have meant to have sown by then is done. I'm not just talking about your souls. I'm not just talking about your finances. There's something in your life that God needs you to discover. That's why he called for the target of 11-11. So it says, when a man found it, so the kingdom is not for anyone who's not searching. Oh, are you here with me? You're going to have to talk with me. I'm, I'm honest. I'm being serious tonight. The kingdom of God is only found by people who are searching. So this time that we have in anticipation or in preparation for the 11-11, there's something that my heart is trying to find, but it's only the searcher that will find anything. The reason why others didn't find the treasure there is because they weren't searching. They were walking, they were moving, but their heart was not looking for something. They were not digging deep. It's not just an event to me. It's much deeper than an event to me because my heart is digging deep. It's because your heart is digging deep that you said to yourself, there's a target you're set to do. And there's not going to be anything that will obstruct my ability to fulfill that target because your heart is digging deep. Sometimes when our heart is digging deep, our minds cannot articulate it. So I've, I've decided to bring peace to myself by not trying to understand, but to find. I don't understand why the treasure was hidden, but thank God I found it. When a man found it, what did he do? He hid it again. He hid it again, yeah. And then in his joy. And then in his joy, this was a man looking for something. And then in his joy, what did he do? Went and sold all he had. He went and sold all he had and bought that field. Remember what I said to you. Everything that was considered treasure before this moment, before this finding, he went and divorced himself with all of it. He bought the profit of all the things he sold to purchase in that field. So what did I say to you? How do you identify kingdom? I need to keep repeating these things until we can repeat it in our sleep. How do you identify kingdom? There will be an insistent drive to purchase. So I said to the wealth family because I'm I think I'm progressively understanding our role, our contribution to the nation family. The thing that God, that PT, that kingdom is calling for us to purchase is the field of young people. It's the field of young people. I'm just thinking to myself, I don't think I'm the most articulate man. I don't think I'm the most intelligent. I don't think I'm the wisest of them all. But things can happen in the favor of the call upon my life simply because I think, one, I've identified my call. Two, I, I think I've identified what God is calling me to purchase. Something that I can just see as a common denominator in my life is that I just have people. I have people. 
So I need you to keep this in mind. There is an insistent drive for us to purchase people. Remember that wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be. Or wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I want you to think about these things. And I want to calm down before we get more into this word. So look at this now. What I'm trying to illustrate to you is that 11.11, there is something more than just an event. I really hope we don't waste these days. I really hope you don't allow or we don't allow ourselves to be distracted by anything like it has been repeated across the houses. The fact that it's 11.11, that PT has come and he said that 11.11, this is what we want to do. At this moment, there's no other focus. I don't have enough energy to spread it across many things. My energy is solely towards, not what I'm going to wear, towards what I'm going to offer. What is my seed count? What is my soul count? How much I put into it is determining, is delivering to me a being. But I don't want to get into all of that. I spoke to you about that yesterday. So... The kingdom of God is like a man should find treasure. We've tackled this now. I want you to have that in mind. Now I want you to have in mind, then PT said last week. So we've we examined that the ability to carry out anything is the fact that we understand scripture, we understand the word, pure word, as our strength. Then we've understood our core. And what it is that kingdom is demanding that we purchase. I need you to keep these two things in mind for where we're going. Because I want to speak to you tonight about the driving force. That's what I want to speak to you about tonight. And simply, if you want to ask what the driving force is, it's love. So look at what happened. Last week, Pastor Toby opened our eyes again. We've looked at a world and what it has become. The world is not failing because of drunkards, like P.T. said. It's not failing because of people who are immoral. In fact, one of the things that P.T. brought up is that the Western world even sins more than Africa. They're more blatant. The scripture says, I repeated it to the house, I'll repeat it here. The scripture says, anyone that is a murderer, um, that does this, men that sleep with men, it makes it clear. It makes it so clear. I didn't say anything. I'm reading scripture. It says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then PT showed us that Christ brought up something too. He said that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Please don't lose focus. It says that it's harder for a rich man. Now, in the time of which Christ said this, the disciples were made to believe that most people are rich. How do we know that? They were astonished when Christ said that it will be hard for a rich man. They even said, who then can enter the kingdom of God? Meaning that rich people were not scarce amongst them. They were not strangers to richness. They were not strangers to abundance. They were not strangers to having. So when Christ made this comment, it struck them. If you're saying that even the category of the rich, also remember that the Old Testament created a mindset that prosperity was the sign of someone being obedient to the scripture. 
God promised men, if you obey the things I say to you, you will prosper. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Scripture shows it. But here's my point, or the point that I want to reiterate that PT made was this. If we're going to rely on what you do, no. If we're going to rely on you achieving these laws as a way into the kingdom, then no one has a chance. We saw the video on Sunday, I believe, that the Christian life is not hard. The Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. Because the only person that can live the life lived it, Christ. And it's in him, relying on him, that we depend on his grace to be able to carry out the things he is telling us to do. Because in case we use this grace talk to escape from doing, there's a work we have to do. There is something. That's the reason why the nation family stands head and shoulders above everything else. Because with the word, we were given targets, something to do. But I'm going somewhere. So what I actually want us, the question that when listening to PT or before I actually get to reading the question, I want to build a case. So then we realized also, often at times we have done it. I have done it. David looks like the greatest example. And I still recall one of the words that PT preached earlier this year. In fact, a few months ago. When he said that David was the closest example, the closest template. Why? Because he was so much man, yet so much God. But if we're going to bank our whole life based on the things we saw David do, PT made it clear. And when he said it, you realized in this modern day, he cannot be a role model. So the question I want to ask was when God started to say things like David is the apple of my eye or when God says things like I have found a man I have found myself a king a man who would do all that I ask him to do when God esteemed David so highly what we want to accurately find in scripture is the things that justified this kind of love this kind of appreciation that God had for him. Because if we can find these things out properly, these are the things that will become a foundation. They will be a driving force for everything that God is calling us to do. Because everything, again, let me repeat what I tried to get at. If your heart is not yet searching, you will not find. There are things to discover. We've seen it in scripture that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search it out. What makes you a king is that your heart is searching into the depths of what God is saying. When you hear a pastor Toby speak, or Pastor Indidi speak on a Monday, or Pastor Sam speak, or any of the leaders, what you must bring to that word is a deep heart. A heart that is searching deeply. What I think we do too often is we quickly escape word moments. We fill the word for a moment. But we don't go back to think upon that word. Remember that. And again, I know I'm quoting many scriptures, but I, I would rather quote it and make us go to it. Do you have to remember that the promise of Joshua to be able to take nations, the promise of someone like 
um, David to be able to take nations. The promise of someone like Moses and all these men was their ability to meditate over the scriptures. Meaning, consider it deeply. Ponder on these words. So I've realized there's some people, I'm being honest, allow me to speak the way I speak and then after we can hug each other. I've realized that for some people, and we can measure that by results, the word has not become their treasure. It has not become. Imagine when the word is going on, they're still on their phone. Their heart is somewhere else. This is not their treasure. It doesn't matter what they say. It's not their treasure. But here's the issue. Without the meditation, the deep contemplation of the words that you're hearing the leaders speak, you cannot prosper because prosperity is hidden in your searching ability. So we have to look at this. The question I had to ask myself was what justified God's love and appreciation, attention of certain men? And on Thursday, PT showed us what made David so special, so highly esteemed was not anything else. In fact, David, and I've said it before, and I think we all agree, if we're going to actually measure, list out his sins, he did worse than even saw. I don't think in this day, if we were to put these two men side by side, I don't think we will criticize Saul as we see in scripture. We didn't see how mischievous or promiscuous someone like a Saul was. We didn't see it. Did you see it anywhere? In fact, Saul was rejected upon sacrifice. Don't ever forget that. It was because of a sacrifice that he gave, that he was rejected. Now, in case you think that's an old scripture or Old Testament thing, we've seen it in scripture in the New Testament that you can be offering a sacrifice if your heart is not correct. If what God is asking of you, you're not in line with. Actually, your, your, your sacrifice becomes an, an invitation for examination. We saw it in the New Testament, Ananias and Seth, uh, whatever her name is, um, Seth. No, not Seth. We have a Seth. <laughs> S. There's many S in this world. But they were rejected not because of anything other than what they gave. So again, we have to ask this question, what justified? Because God is not unjust. Meaning that there's a clear reason for it. Remember years ago, I can't recall the word, but as I'm speaking, I can recall it, that if God is going to prosper you over your neighbor, it's not going to be random. There will be a justification for it. So if I can find the reason for God's attention, then I can be like David in the sense that he was someone that God could not do without. I can be like Christ in the sense that God cannot do without him. So let's look at this. I want to start off with Luke chapter 7. Just put in some things in your thoughts. Luke chapter 7. From verse, read from verse 1. Go on. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. Yeah. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. Mm -hmm. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, 
asking him to come and heal his servant. Look at what verse 4 says. Go on. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. They had a case that they could bring to Christ. When they came to Jesus, when they came to Christ, they pleaded earnestly with him. What was their plea? What was it that they were saying? Were they talking with cries? Meaning cries, meaning were they tearing up? You know, sometimes we pray out of tears, out of emotions, thinking that God will respond. No, they had a case that they could bring to Christ. What was the case? Go on. This man deserves to have you do this. Imagine the boldness of men telling God, you, this man, a nation family deserves to have what it has because of something. Look at what the, the next verse says. Because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Imagine this man's life finances resources energy was dedicated to his nation it was dedicated to building for his people a synagogue i want you to hear me he had he must have had resources enough to take care of himself but now he's in need unable to take care of himself why because maybe i'm left to believe that everything he had he had dedicated to what would benefit his generation as he thought would fit. This, it, look at the case. I want you to understand me. God is not, finances won't come until you're, there's a just reason for it. It's not because you hate lack and that lack has led you to the place of crying. It's not because of frustration or agitation that God is going to respond to you as someone that can now take a new flow of finances. There must be certain cases that you can bring before him. Imagine something powerful. Not imagine. P-Sam said something powerfully yesterday. Made mention he was like, he asked himself the question like he did when he was younger. Why do I have money or why do I need it? And he started to encourage, he said, do you want to make, do you want to guess? Do you want to have a guess as to why? Or what his answer, what his discovery was as to why or yeah, why he has money. Do you know what he simply said? Because he has no choice. His life is committed with the responsibility of people. And if that's the case with you and I, then finances are not up for debate. You must have it. Everything in nature, everything will just add together. Everything will just come together for the wealth family and for all the families if your responsibility is in the right place. Like I said to you last week, never was it written in scripture that God said, what is money? That, or that angel said, what is money that you're so careful of? He said, what is man? If we can take what is most prized to God, then everything that will be a tool and necessity for you to reach those people, he has to give it to you. Hence why I've said to some people, it cannot be budgeting for you. It's going to have to be a flow. Your mind will just always have to lead you to where finances are because there's the commitment first of people. There's the responsibility of people. But why are we going into all of this? What created the world we now see a world filled with hatred, violence, division of all sorts. 
is simply because nobody was out there proclaiming and teaching love. Remember what PT said to us on Thursday? You know, we had, you know, the generations had very, very esteemed teachers, meaning there were some people that really knew how to go into the Greek and Hebrew. But guess what? In all that searching, their heart was not really looking for God. So the message of love cannot come to them. Imagine the word, the message of love is so blatant in scripture, but is blind to the majority. The majority is blind to it rather. Because their hearts are not searching for God. There's people, like I've said to you, there are people who are coming out of bad situations, maybe small homes, and what they've seen God is an escape from that home. So what they're really searching for is money. That's where you hear the things like the love of money. Like we've said often, how can we say, how can people say we have the love of money if we give it all? I think the thing that you love, you do everything to hold on to. I think you hide that thing. So what I'm saying to you is that we were taught by PT, charged actually, to be careful of what resides quietly in all of us. Selfishness. Using God, using positions, using anything that comes to your hands to satisfy what is really in you. And you see, these things become more and more apparent the more we grow. You just see naturally culture just coming out of you. I always say, and it's not a swear word, but culture is a real bastard. I don't understand why it's so powerful. Just creeps in. But why are we still addressing these things? A reminder to you and I, I took that closely. Knowing that there's still areas in my life I need to address that demon called selfishness. Because it's only going to produce a community that will never see anything that refers to God. Nothing, nothing will happen. In fact, I want you to remember one thing we have been able to observe is that where there is no love, yeah? What is common where there's no love is that nothing really happens. People exist, but what they existed for is never seen. No, did you hear what PT said? He said that the Western world made love a law. Then you see what they've been able to produce. There's welfare systems. There's ability for someone if they're in pain, like one of your sisters the other day, if they're in pain, they can go call the hospital and the hospital will even send something out called an ambulance to pick you up. You know, in Nigeria, how do I know this? Someone would say, because there was times where my mom used to chase me up for a um, hospital bill for somebody that I don't know. I'm thinking, what's my business? And I'm also thinking, isn't there an ambulance? Maybe in my ignorance. But you see, a nation where there's no love, but there's all things, greed, selfishness, and all the things that comes out of this, there won't be systems that actually truly exhibits love. So the Western world made love a law. You have to consider human beings. Of course there's problems, but at least we can say they've tried more. Now why is this still 
us leading to something. I need you to think about this in each and every one of us. Your talent can make you more and more selfish. The growing attention of people around you can make you more and more selfish. You have to take heed to yourself lest you fall. You have to take heed to yourself and taking heed to yourself must have a reference point. There must be a doctrine. There must be an example. In other words, there must be a standard. If not for us having a pastor Toby, we would not have something to gauge ourselves against. If not for the words I've heard PT say, or preach I would not have known that I'm not truly loving that's hard to say I've always said it that people do everything to not look at themselves in the mirror it's the most ugliest sight but the duty of the mirror is for you to beautify make amendments so every time the word comes they don't mind the praise or the prophecy of the word but what they cannot take is the correction but we saw in scripture that's still the breath of life where did we see correction as something to despise? It's actually God imparting more of himself into you. So on Thursday, nights like Thursday, we were corrected again. Given something to go back and look at. If I have an outburst of anger or any kind of emotion, have you not realized it's actually a display of your selfishness? You care about you a bit more than others. We all have that problem. Some express it in different ways, but we all have that problem. But what we want to look at is the driving force of everything mobilization, of everything called the Christian life. It's called love. So why did this man, why was it that men can interrupt God, interrupt Christ? They had a case. It was clear. It was not the repetition of words. It was not how emotional I can be in a place of worship. It was that they can bring a case before Christ saying that there's much he deserves to have your attention. Because his life was never self-directed. It was not something about himself. He loves our nation. That's what other men were able to testify about him. Can someone speak of you saying that you love your nation? How would someone know that you love that you love your nation in talk? Paul said it that our love should not be in talk or speech, but in actions and truth. Love is not a talk, it's an action. So how did they know that he loves the nation? It's because he built something, he did something. Are you with me? It's because he did something. I'm sorry. The meeting and the gathering of church is not much doing. There's not much happening here. The place that we're meant to bring into realization or fruition, the things that we heard is in the world. So before I get more into this, I'm just thinking, I've been saying that the age we're getting into is that all my leaders have to become people that we can say, who is your people? Who have you taken the responsibility over? There's been times someone was speaking to me the other day and I was thinking, I understand this because I've done it before. Sometimes you have not got you put together so much so that if someone is demanding for your time, you shun them. And you don't shun them because you hate them. It's just that 
you say it's not that you hate them, but truthfully, that time, that moment is a showcasing of selfishness. You cared more about yourself. God never gave me people when I had things put together. He gives you people so that you can, have your, you can put yourself together. I've taught this before. David, the Bible says he went to the king. He said, can my parents stay here while I learn what God is to do with me? He was still trying to find out what God was trying to do with him. When God brought 400 men to him, 400 for goodness sake. So the weight, the burden that we carry of people, if it's one person or hundreds of people, that's what God gave to you. One thing you can see is that God gave you people when you hadn't got things together stop shunning those things one of your brothers was speaking to me and he said he had to remember that truly if he wants to get through to pastor Obi, he can so if this person's calling him at 6 a.m he has to answer because your next level of finances is based on how well you are with that person that's the right to anything so I've seen people, and sorry I have to talk about this, but there's times that some people, even for the sake of target, they've shunned responsibility. If only they took up that responsibility. I'm not saying that responsibility means you will always be able to help them. But like PT said, if you don't have the finances to help them, you're making it clear that we're in this together. We're in this together. We're going to not eat together. We're not going to have beds to sleep together. We're going to go through all these things. So I've said to myself, why is it that we say because there's a HQ, we cannot accommodate people? How? How? No, it's if I have space. I didn't have a living room this big when I needed to start, when I started accommodating people. But I saw where that took me. I've seen the pattern whenever we consume our houses. Now, this is not me saying that we should make our houses refugee centers or camps, meaning that it should be um, 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 head to toe everywhere. No. But what I'm saying is that I still recognize what we have, not as a reward, but as a better tool. A bigger house is just a better tool. A better media team is just a better tool. It's not to make me feel like I'm rewarded for something. So this guy had a case. It was not in his talk. It's in what he did. He built a, a synagogue for his people. Let's go to the scripture that PT used when he was talking to us about David. Acts 13. Or was there something you wanted to read? Acts 13 verse 36. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried, buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Do you remember this scripture? David, the reason why God or the justification behind God's love and attention over David. Why David can come up against a bear. And when logic and odds said that that bear should have ripped him apart, God would not allow it to happen. When a lion came upon him or came against him. Even when odds and logic said that a lion should really deal with him. Do you know the strength of a lion? You know, honestly, I've said this before. It's faith that makes me believe this. But you see logic here. I don't believe a teenager saw a lion and killed a lion with his bare hands. That's the flesh in me. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> but the impossible 
was done because his heart was straight with God. David's life was was um, um, the, the the statement of his life. What God looked at, what God wanted to tell other generations was that it's not how well he fought. It's just that David served God's purpose in his own generation. He ser- he served the people of his own time. There's much to serve, guys. There's, you know, I've realized there's many people. So I've realized if someone asks me, I need you to come out, oh, I'm doing this, we've got a football match, I'd like for you to come. I realize I'm meant to be a servant. Go. No, no, I've realized. You know, if not, what we start to do is that we become too big, but then I look at PT closely. And in order to really be the greatest, he actually serves all the men that comes to him. They don't, want, they don't ask, how are you paying for the meals we're going to eat? He feeds them. On top of feeding them, he plugs them. On top of plugging them, he gives them money. These are people that the world knows has. Why are you giving them money? He just always looks for the position to serve. Because God said, you see in the room, if you're going to become the man of the room, like I was saying to you the other week, it's going to be because you will be known as the greatest servant there. In all our houses, when we're mobilizing in seed, mobilizing in souls, what you want to do is be known as the greatest servant in that house. You want it to be, if there's any competition, it's in your service. But look at this, when culture, age, when entitlement, like position comes to you, look at, pay close attention how hard it is for you to sincerely serve one another. I've said it before, it's easy to serve what's bigger than you, what's clearly bigger than you. For us to go and serve PT is easy. He's not our mate, that's the truth. (laughs) I was going to say something, but I won't. Because it won't happen to me. Maybe to some others, but it won't happen to me. So don't worry. Whatever that is in your mind, it's fine. Think of it. But I'm just thinking to myself that, you see, for me, I'm going to use every opportunity to serve. When we get into positions of hierarchy, it's harder to serve. I always say this to one of your brothers, not because he's bad, but because I know that the word is dealing with him. But I'm saying it's easy to come and run around and do things for me. But then when your brothers and sisters are asking you for things, your face is like this. You know, face is like this. <laughs> you know, this is very confusing, guys. You know, I want you to see this. Part. It's confusing. <laughs> your face just goes like this. Thinking why? Then I walk past and then you see, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I was like, oh, oh, oh I can do it. I'm thinking, no, your way to the next level. If a man is going to become the man of the room, he must serve. Told you when PT told me and Pastor Enrique to start, as we've already done youth revival. I saw um, um, memories, Snapchat memories, five years ago. Five years. I'm pissed off with that personally. Five years. But five years ago, we went to Hartfisher. It was Hearts, right? And we've done what in the church world you would say, this is a general though. This is general moves. Do you remember like 
almost the, basically the whole room came forward for the altar call. This is, you can't say this is anything less than a general. This is anyone less than a general. But do you know what PT did to us? said, you two, in the suit days. You see now, if you're dressed like Dan when he's carrying the table, it's fine, you blend in. Do you understand? But if you're wearing a suit, when you put on a suit, your mindset is that you feel prestige. But me and Pastor Enrique next to each other are running around, handing mics. And in case Pastor Gifty is listening, I love you. What Pastor Gifty used to do to me and Pastor Enrique, do you know how awkward it is to be stuck standing? Like, you just want to deliver something quickly. You don't want to be stuck because she's like, no, 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 no. She deal with us. I think we graduated out of service too quickly. That's why we don't lead effectively. I found it interesting on Sunday when P. Sam said that by the time he was... Um, certain words were being spoken. He was actively in the media team. Do you know there's some people that cannot imagine it? You didn't come in the days of Bankside when he didn't sit at the front. P-Sam was hardly near camera, like meaning his face on the camera. He was upstairs serving. But that's not even where I'm going. David was someone God justified or we've seen the justification of his love and attention in the life of David was because he was a servant. So let's look at this scripture, John chapter 3. I want to get through about three more scriptures quickly and then we pray for a short while and then we go and eat. You know, our, our, our Tuesdays now has become... I think the best way, the best description, I have to give the trophy to Paul, Pastor Paul. Our Tuesdays now have become like the extra uh, credit scenes, or what do you call it, of a Marvel movie. We really get into the word when we're eating. Here's, it's for sure. John chapter 3, read from verse 16, the famous scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Let's pause here. You know this scripture, we read it often. And I won't spend too much time on this tonight though. But look at God here. The emphasis here is on two things. His love and his son. The Bible says here that for God so loved. He had an obsession for the world. It was not just a normal love. He was possessed by it. Did you see? It didn't say God loved the world. It said he so loved. Do you know that sometimes for years, for time, God will have to keep certain things before your eyes so that your love for that. I think it was Pastor Onye that said this years ago. That there's things that God has to keep you seeing. I think he was, it was a prophet, um, he was speaking on prophets or something along the lines of that. He has to make you keep seeing things. But what I want to say tonight is that there are certain things that God will keep in your eyes before you. So that your love life can develop. You know, one day Christ, the Bible says, crowds had been passing. Israel was never... Uh, Israel never lacked crowds. There's always been crowds since we've ever read the stories of Israel. 
But one day, God allowed us to see how Christ sees. Because it was documented. When he saw crowds that every person sees, he saw a people that were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw a people that were harassed. His love boiled for this people that he began to speak with his people on what they're going to do about that people. You don't understand. So I realized if we're not exposed, guys, if we're not going out into the world, if we were remaining as a sect, if you know what sin does, sin, especially if you love God, sin keeps you occupied with you. You can't start with somebody else because you're trying to overcome it. But I'm saying to the family, because 11-11, we can't just be mobilizing for an isolated event, even though there's a reason and I'm still coming to it. It must be our daily practice, meaning if a barrel's doing music, her heart must be thinking, how do I engage with somebody? How do I win somebody? Who in this point of my life am I communicating with? So I've seen something common or something that works hand in hand, something parallel. Synonymous with not having is that you're with nobody. If you ask that person, who do you talk to in this life? You realize they have nobody. They say it's only the church we're talking to. I'm not trying to win Afo. He's already won. I hope he's won. Not trying to win him you're thinking you need to get out there but why do we need to get out there why do we have to be amongst people because god if we are exposed god is trying to counsel us concerning those people christ looked at people long enough before god's counsel came upon them came to him saying that these people are actually sheep without shepherd but you see god was gripped possessed handled by love so much so that he, he did something about it. Love drove him to do something about it. So I look at some people, when it comes to the area of giving, if someone is complaining, if someone is saying that in the area of their finances, something just went wrong, I realize their love life has not yet developed. Because for the sake of love, you would do something about it. You will not look at the inability to meet target. You're not going to say, oh, I don't have a job. You're going to find something. You're going to call people. You're going to talk. You're going to strategize. We know that anytime God had an affair with the world, he consulted those that was with him. When God wanted to create man, he said, let us. He consults the people he has to reach a target. Are you hearing me? And many instances in the scripture, you said when he wanted to send a deceiving spirit, he was talking with his own on what they would do. So Christ was not thrown to the earth. They spoke together. They conspired together. They fought together. So I'm looking at some people, they've set a target and they already know, you're listening to me right now. You're looking at it as it's probably impossible for me to reach this target saying I don't have a job. No, your love life has not developed. You're too selfish. Because love is a driving force. We're getting there tonight. Love is a driving force. For the sake of love, you will do anything. For love, you'll be considered insane. 
you'll be considered out of your mind. People say he is out of his mind. Do you know the kind of giving we give and how often we give to a logical, upright man? You're considered out of your mind. How the hell are you going to see 50K and give it? You're out of your mind. For me, I'm saying, I'm, that's fine. If this is insanity, I'm happy with it because it works for me considering where your mind has brought you to it's not your mind I want to follow for God so loved the world that it's irrational of a father to give up his only imagine you only have one and you gave it up it's insane it's irrational it's beyond reason but love had bowled so much in God God for years now had been watching the world's system and we thought he was growing more angry and angry with the world. So there's preachers without love talking about doomsday. But you see, God was watching people for generations from the time he set in motion human, um, the human race with Adam. He kept watching them, watching them up until the point that love gripped him. Gripped him so much that he said, there's something I have to do about this. So he consulted the people that he was with. He consulted his own household. Like the house of exchange consults themselves when trying to reach a target. Like the house of influence consults themselves when they're trying to reach a target. Like I said to you the other day, we already know that the odds are against us. Why are we still complaining about that? Daniel did not respond to the Babylonian king saying that I cannot do he lied he said don't worry I'll know but he went back to his own and said pray with me consider with me so that we can find this out because if I get it it liberates us all God consulted his own that's what love does so I'm looking at people I'm still tackling in the area of soul winning in the area of seed if you're saying that if you're saying that you're only given this I just know it's because you lack love because you don't what I'm saying to you you think I'm talking about an emotion I'm talking about a force it actually forces you so when I look at some people and there's nothing you can see in their life nothing's pushing them they're void of love. Now, that's not for you to criticize yourself. That's for you to get yourself in, am in and amongst people and hear this word because this word will consult you. It will give you some kind of counsel. You will start to have a perspective change. You will start to look at people differently. Love will begin to boil up in you. Couldn't ignore the fact that someone's without a home. I can't. There's no way. There's no way that target is going to be met. And I'm thinking it's going to be done by many. I'm not going to say, oh, because the nation is now big, it'll be achieved. I'm, attack I'm attacking my target as if we're the only ones that will show up. Because love has gripped us. For God so loved the world that that love had to be measured with something he gave. And what he gave was not just anything. It, it cost him. His one and only. He gave up his love. He loves so much. Love can grip you so much. The love for your nation can grip you so much that you'll give up your love. You don't understand that. So your heart is attached to things. Isaac and Abraham 
building up a relationship. God could not ask Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on day one. Because he had not built up that love life. But you see, God's going to test how much he loves God. How much he loves God. And what would he ask him for? What at this point he loves? Do you know, I and the soldiers, we loved youth revival. And rightly so, gave our lives to it. Gave our resources to it. Gave everything to it. Like when an ordinary person can go back to do things, we're praying and we're not even sure if this prayer works. But because we were told this is what's going to help people, that's what we engulfed ourselves in. And then the day comes, that core asked, sacrifice it. Never forget one of PT's preachings. And I was so sure he was talking to me. So sure, you know it, Elijah and Elisha. And he said, look, Elisha has to go back and sacrifice the oxen. It can't be somebody else to do it for him. Because when God is calling you to a next level of your call, he's going to ask for your love. The problem is, if not for the word, like I said yesterday, we define wrongly situations. You lost something in your life. You didn't lose it, you gave it. God was asking you for something so that you can have nations, so that you may be justified. At that point, you'll realize it's not going to be because of your work. It's just going to be because love asked for something in its way. Love can be that you may not even want to do it. But instruction came saying, this is what it is. Live with it. You know, I could have taken you to a scripture. I won't take you there. It's in Matthew. You go and read it in your own time. Matthew 21. A time when... A father asked his son, go and do this. And he said, I will not. Then the scripture says, but when he left, he went out to do. Then he says to the other son, go and do. And he says, I will. But when he left, he didn't. Then they asked, who did what the father asked them? Who did it? The one that said he will not, but did it. You know What I'm saying is that sometimes what you're saying may not be in sync with what you're willing to do. You may not like a situation. Spoke to one of your sisters and said, look, you're going to have to accommodate this. You're going to have to. She first said, sigh. That's fine. I don't mind if you sigh. I don't mind if your talk is not happy with it. Ultimately, is if you would do it. So the kingdom of God, because I'm going somewhere. It's intentional why I'm sharing all of these things. The kingdom of God, look at what Christ preached following this. He preached revival. Thought again, when I was thought about that scripture, I thought about PT's preaching of revival in his suit. Do you know what he was saying so I can finish that comment? He was saying in that word that a time is coming, a revival is coming, that people that will be sitting next to you will be people with tattoos. You know, at that time of church, that is completely far. That's accommodating, accommodating the worst sinner. No, you don't understand what I'm saying. So you see with that scripture, it was Matthew 21 from verse 28. He ends up saying, so it is with the kingdom that tax collectors and prostitutes are entering before you. 
a kind that the church cannot accept or fathom. They're getting in before you because their talk may not be in sync with what we're saying. But ultimately, they do it. Do you know what we learned in recent weeks when PT has been hosting? That some of these artists that does not talk scriptures like we do, they do what scripture is telling them to do. They house people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The world is strange how the word works. The word is able to move some people, but that's what we're trying to to get to tonight, that that driving force. Love drove um, God so much so that he had to give up his love. Just saying, how, how do we have excuses? I used to say before that maybe, honestly, in my opinion, maybe it's just that I was too stupid and um, lacking exposure as a leader for me to make CODs given our all. You remember, Pastor Enrique, we will give and not even have. The nation don't know it, but we won't even have. I'm going to say an embarrassing moment in a second, just to give you a breather before we get into it. The nation won't know we have. You remember days like St. Paul's Cathedral, when PT said that COD is the bank of the nation. Not the bankers, but the bank. And then everyone started grabbing insult. But do you know what, what brought that word for us? We gave stupidly. As in, it was weekly giving at that time. We had rent to pay. Did we face the consequences of it? Yes, we're still facing it right now. <laughs> As in, following this, I have to still make payments. <laughs> but you see what can't be taken from us? The word spoken over us. And do you know what happened? People didn't know. I don't know, maybe, and Pastor Indidi was, um, was helping me understand this. People have got to the stage whereby the giving of all has been done. So now they can regulate things. You see, it's hard to say this here because then people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to regulate things. No, you haven't given the giving of all. <laughs> so let me just, just erase that from your mind. I remember it was so bad, Hartsmead. We had that white table, you know, the foldable table. And we'll have a long table. All of us will be uh, like a lot. We, we, we didn't have money for a dining table, so we improvised. <laughs> and then times, Marion was cooking and she's um, uh, made a feast. And you remember, we've gone and put in the nation chat, all this for just 20 pounds. <laughs> and you see... You see stupidity. <laughs> when it wants to deal with somebody, yeah, you will invite it happily. All this for 20 pounds and the food, the table looked good. It looked like we're really eating because there's bare man in the house. And I just remember slightly PT, I think he addressed it in the word or something. And he was just like, yeah, it's good, but you don't need to say it's only for 20 pounds. I wasn't trying to imply the cheapness of the family. <laughs> I was trying to say that we were able to do much with little. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But what I'm trying to say is that I used to complain and think, I as Pastor Obi, I was not witty in the area of business. So maybe I didn't know how to calculate 
for me, I've always just been, if we needed to make something happen, I remember our first trap house. The first, by the way, I wish this was live. If we want to be sincere with records, the first trap house after PTs, yeah, was Mitchum. And if we want to debate it, no fight, but if we want to debate it, go to your emails and let's find a tenancy agreement. Because <laughs> you don't get a house without a contract, right? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We don't need the accolades for it. But if you ask, it was me and Deanna walking in that day. The inventory was done. I remember the money that I had for myself is what I used to pay for the moving deposit. Mindset is whatever we needed to do to make things happen, we did it. Because there was a love for something that was gripping us. We didn't know it at that time. Yes, we've preached love, but we didn't know that this was taking a hold of us. Didn't know. So what I'm saying to you, I want to get to two scriptures. One to emphasize this point, then I want to end with the scripture of what I think God wants to do with us. What he's doing through 11.11. Are you still with me? We have to check our love life. Don't make excuses, guys. You know, we're growing in the word and we're growing in the love. And I've also understood something that PT said. We're growing in our classes of association. That when it gets to a place where some people for a period of time, we're seeing that you're refusing. It's not that you don't know. You're now refusing to hear. Then we can't give our time to you. Because like P. Sam said, you cannot buy your call, but you can spend it. But imagine if you spend it on the wrong place or wrong person. So we all have a personal responsibility to do what? Not hold the hands of your leaders, to go and study their words. Be friends with your leader through the word first. So that the friendship physically can last. But let's go to something Paul said. 2 Corinthians, I want to start wrapping up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 11. Look at this, guys. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. Yeah. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again. Mm-hmm but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. Look at verse 13, please. Everyone, your attention. Just want to back a point. Go on. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. Look at this because we're going somewhere. If we are out of our mind, if normal upright people logical intelligent people as we seem to deem them if they say you are out of your mind is at that point that you are truly for god if they say we are in our right mind then what we're doing is for people i want you to think about this You know, as far as my giving is within reason, it was only done for the pleasure of people. It was not a service to God. Listen to this because you may get this mixed up. So let me make this clear. 
God says love God and love people. It's never been a mistake. It's always been in that order. Meaning that you cannot truly love people without first loving God. What the religious order has done is tried to offer things that pleases people. Without following what God calls love for him. Are you with me? So you see there were times that we gave. There are times that within myself what I've pledged to give early in the days of the nation, it was within reason. I had not yet lost my mind in the area of giving. So you see, at that point, it does not touch God. Because, you see, Paul got to a place, he was, look, don't forget who was speaking. Paul said he was of the Benjamin tribe. He said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees concerning the law faultless this was almost a perfect person he had much for someone to appraise him for he was not a dummy that's what i'm trying to emphasize but you see when god started to engage with him when the driving force called love started to engage with him he got to a place where what he was doing was considered out of his mind when you look at the smallness or how young we are. So why I brought up the whole thing about St. Paul's cathedrals. There were times that honestly I started to say to myself. I think we're given beyond what we should be given. Honestly I looked at other families. I'm being honest with you. I looked at other families and I thought these are people that already got into certain jobs. They're, 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 they've got experience. They've got this so, and they're older. So it's understandable if they give at a certain level. I thought it was me being irresponsible over the finances of COD that made us just give everything. When you know you still had to feed your people. But you see what I realized? So it got to that place and I was thinking to myself that this is, you're, you're insane, you're out of your mind. Not knowing that when you start carrying out things in your soul winning, when the, the strategy or the things you, you go through in order to win people, when people can look at you and say you're out of your mind, that's when you're doing a service unto God. But when it is something, when it's within reason where people can agree with your giving, when people can agree with your style of soul winning, then it's not touching God. People, imagine, I, I, look, I, I don't think there's many people my age that's preached as much as I have. I, I preach like I've spoken the word. <sighs> spoken the word a lot of times. Anna's looking at me like, you sure have. And then there's people that we used to, like we were the ones that helped them convert. And they can look at, uh, I have to use your story, they look at Pastor Enrique, send him on, send him a message on Snapchat. Because he's a hope dealer, they're saying, oh, Pastor Enrique, you remember those days of youth revival? You were so passionate. Do you understand? You're this when you speak. Da, 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 da. We could see the love of God. Why does she think that the love of God is gone? Because he's rapping. Do you know why? Your method of now winning souls is strange. It's insane. It's out of what we've agreed as sound. 
But it's at this moment that your service reaches God. Another way to back that is you didn't choose to do it. Leadership's now said, Pastor Toby said, do hope dealers. I'm trying to say to you, consider your giving again. Consider what you're doing for souls. If we can't say your method or what you're submitting is out of your mind. If we can't say of someone, I was saying to Pastor Rike today, there's a house that's impressed me. It's crazy because there's much against you. You shouldn't be able to do what you're doing. But you see, when you get into that category of where we say it's out of your mind, I'm trying to show you with this scripture, it's an offering that's for God. When we do things within reason, it's for what help, it's what it's for the applause of people, and that does nothing. So some people in their abundance, yes, maybe they're billionaires submitted millions and we would have thought that's out of your mind but it's not because you that's like one percent of what you have but for us we've been doing giving of all and thinking how can we do more out of your mind that's the that's the kind of attitude we as the wealth family must keep it must be that when they come when um when a basola and her contemporary are put against each other, they can say, this girl's crazy. If they call you to duel, saying in the area of finances, they will say that Chrissy is crazy. What she's willing to do cannot be matched. It's at that point that what you're doing is something that God considers. But what brings about that? Verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. Do you see that? He then tells us what caused him to act in the manner that he does. For Christ's love compels us. Do you know what compels mean? Can you get the definition for me? Christ's love forces me. That's why I said that love is a driving force. If you have not experienced it, your eyes are still looking at yourself. You have not allowed yourself to be to be um, exposed to responsibility because sometimes you're looking at somebody and you're seeing their efforts and love will be developing. You will even see their flaws and your love will be developing. You will know yourself. Love will be developing up until the moment where it grips you. You see where it grips you? We could have set out to do souls registration or 500, but you see when love grips you, you will not stop. To double it is the least we will do. Because love grips you. You know, love grips you to a place that you may have said to yourself, this is what I want to give. And then you say to yourself, "Uh uh-uh, I need to do something that is out of my mind. But what causes that? Not zeal. For Christ's love compels us. Do you have the definition of compel? Read it for me. Bring about something by the use of force or pressure. God's love brought about something in us by the use of force that's targets so some people feel like targets targets are not meant to come to you in an area of uh, nicely it's meant to feel like a force for Christ's love compels us these are the things that when PT was speaking on Friday these are the things that gripped me that there was a time that I didn't know if I will ever come across 10k before again but at that time I didn't know I couldn't articulate it now that I can like I can now but Christ's love compelled me forced me 
forced me to go and give something. And I remember in giving it to PT, I said, I may not come across this again. And that was my sincere belief. Because my home did not provide me any guarantee that I will come across this again. Why do we hesitate sometimes in the things that sometimes we hear when we're hearing the words? Because as I'm speaking to you, if your ears are open, you will start to hear certain figures. You will start to hear certain things you should do. But why do we hesitate? Because we think it's eccentric. We think it's out of our mind, but this scripture was telling us that that's exactly what God is looking for when you hear PT. So I've said it, even on Sunday, I said it, when PT comes and gives us target, young people coming together, determining to reach half a million, not in a year, not in 10 years, in a matter of days. It's eccentric, but you see, the moment I can see it's eccentric, the moment I can see it's out of the common mind, then I know it's an offering that God is ready for. It's God calling it because for Christ's love compels us. That's what drives us as your leaders. That's what drives some of you. That's what we should be looking to drive all of us. The sacrifice we're willing to go through is because of a force behind us, Remy. It's a force pushing us i can go through it all it's not even me it's something behind me so i see every time we're looking at pt we're like how are you speaking like this and he's always this is his common answer we're getting there then i realized there's something moving this guy there's something pushing him i want to be gripped by what he's gripped with so early on this year he said it's an obsession that's where I'm, I'm actually trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. It's an obsession. You can't but help yourself. There's no chance. You can't refuse the doing of the things that comes into your heart. Because it's the love of Christ that pushes us. Do, can you read this in the message? And you can ca carry on with what you want to read. To drive or urge forcefully. Or to drive or urge forcefully. If your target that you're putting forward to your house leader, it's not something that you feel is a force in your heart. It's not yet something that God is looking at. It's not. And what you have to understand is that it is God. Don't forget. That's why I said I'll read certain scriptures to you. It was PT that said when he issued the, the committee, do you remember the scripture he gave us? For it is God that works in us both to will and to do. So when you hear targets, we're not saying that it's going to be your power. But if you allow God to, to manifest himself through you, you engage with your brothers. You will search. You will find. I said to you that Christ was so in line in mind and heart with God that he knew that coins were in water. Not only in water, he knew it was in a fish. Do you know how many fishes? Are in the sea. How did he know it's that one that will have it? His mind was so in line. His heart was so in line with God. So whatever he needs, he will find it. In the most craziest of places. Look at how the message says it. If I acted crazy. I read from the, read a, um, from a verse before. No, no, you're right. Sorry. If I acted crazy, go on. I did it for God. If I acted out crazy. So if an Anna's passionate, crazy when it comes to production, it's at that point that she's serving God. She doesn't even know what she's doing. But it's at the point of craziness. What I'm trying to inspire in the family is that we really, you know, we've despised this word, but truly we must become radical. We have to be crazy. 
We have to. We can't be normal. We can't be prim and proper. It's not our identity. Even if we wear a suit, they must know it's a crazy man wearing that suit. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. Go on. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Meaning if I tried to keep myself proper, I only did it for you. Look at what the next verse says. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. This is, so again, someone can't tell me that they are responding to God's love if we can't see what you're doing as extreme. Again, we have every reason, and I'm speaking to the soul mobilizers, that's everyone, but we have every reason to start reducing our pace and energy. But we want to go to the extreme. Extreme is still going to bring us to a place where we sit down in houses and we're going through all our souls is extreme. Because it's Christ's love moving us. It's at that point we know it. Let me wrap up with a scripture. All of this brought me to something. It's, it, it's quite simple, but I want you to hear it. I think this is something that God wants to do. I've mentioned it partly, but I'll reiterate the point through this scripture. John chapter 10. Let me wrap up with this. You read from verse 14 for me. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me. And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. We're going to read this again. I want you to pay attention to this because it's very simple, but I need you to catch. So I'm going to have to break it down from verse 14 again. I am the good shepherd. First of all, he is sure about his leadership ability. I am the good leader. I am the good shepherd. I am the leader fit. You remember what good is? Fit for purpose. I am the leader fit for a life family. For a wealth family. For this generation. And you can call wherever you are. You are the right candidate. The world is struggling because they don't know who's right. Everyone they appoint looks right and then you realize they don't know what they're doing. So again, is, the, is it the home secretary or someone? They, they left the other day and then now they came back. They, this country is unsure of itself. It was just a matter of days, guys. Amazing. This is the people that we want to be led by. We have no chance, guys. If not for the word. It says, I am the good shepherd. And how do you know he's a good shepherd? Look at what he says here because it will make meaning to where I'm going. He says, I am the good shepherd. What? I know my sheep. I know my sheep. Yeah. And my sheep know me. Go on. Just as the father knows me. Pause there. So I made a comment. I don't need to win Afo. He's already been won. But we're heading somewhere. This is what I think that God is guising, disguising the 11-11 um, as for us. He says, we already, Christ said, I already know my space. Or I already have a following. I already have people who know me and I know them. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. How? Go on. And I lay down my, my life for the sheep. The people that are drawn to you, the reason why they're drawn to you is because you lay down you for them. I keep saying it. I know this is a silly example, but I always used to say this to Abby and I've said this to people. Um, I've said it out loud as well. 
I said it. That, you know, in secondary school, you know, like when I was in year 11, you would not even be in secondary school. We shouldn't be talking like this. We're not mates. I said to Beryl the other day, you hold the position as the first person I had to beg friend with. I had to beg friend with a Beryl. Beryl insulted me saying, who's this guy? Imagine. I'm not lying, by the way, even though I do, I'm not lying. She fought that. Look at your leaders, the money that they've put behind you sometimes. The things that they've defended you. And I'm not just talking about leaders, because remember, whenever I speak to the world family, I'm saying you're all leaders. That's our destiny. We're all leaders. But what created the people, pay attention, what created the people was the fact that he laid down his life for them. So imagine, you see where people get frustrated is that they can look at the people that would do anything for Pastor Obi and think that they should be able to get that right too. No, it doesn't work like that. You build and have a people by how much you lay down your life for them. Anything outside of that is lauding and you won't have a people. Carry on reading for me. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep. This is what I believe that God is doing. Look at what Christ said here. I've got sheep. I've got COD already. I've got the nation family. But look, I have other sheep. This sheep is not yet part of this pen. Read it for me. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. What must I do? I must bring them also. What is that? Evangelism. Evangelism is a necessity because he had grown to a place where he can now see a people that cannot yet be seen. He can now see a people that the current church and order cannot accommodate. It's like when PT was saying that the revival coming is going to be people with tattoos. That church order could not accommodate it. The world is saying... And I have to quote what PT said. The world is complaining. How are you allowing an Afrobeat artist join a worship rehearsal? A choir rehearsal. The issue is you can't see the next fold. The world can't see it. And because they can't see it, they can't accommodate it. But PT is saying to us, I have other sheep that is not part of this pen. You know, they don't join services like you do but they're my sheep it's a necessity that i bring them now if it's for the love of christ that compels us you will go to the extreme to win them there was a time that church would not allow you you hide alcohol and i'm not saying you should but there's some things you realize that you can become all things in order to win some because they are your sheep. What I'm saying to you is that everything we're doing, the prayers that we're about to pray, the seed that we're sowing and the time that we're sowing that seed, the partnership we're having with our house leaders, the people that we're winning as souls, we are purchasing a people not yet seen, not yet accommodated. Are you listening to me? Look at what he says. Read from verse 16 again. Go on. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep yeah i must bring them also it's of necessity that i win them look at what he goes on to say they too will listen to my voice they they cannot hear me yet but they will hear me oh you're not listening to me so there might be 
be a fold for us in the entertainment world. It's just that what we're used to, we can't see it. They may not hear our voice. I understand that the Afrobeat world could not hear the pastors that were preaching every Sunday. But just because they didn't hear you doesn't mean they won't hear us. Because they're ours. They too, like the ones. So I understand I can measure the kind of loyalty I will build in the world by the type of loyalty I have here. So this is the reason why we have to keep sowing because what we're sowing, we will surely reap. If you're passionate, you will reap passionate people. If you're willing to go to the extreme in your finances, you will reap people that are willing to go to the extreme in their finances. They too will listen to my voice the same way an Afro, a Chrissy, a Lydia, a Marion is listening to my voice. The way you respond, they will respond. Here, Christ was indicating the type of sheep, the spiritual sheep, meaning the sheep that could not yet be seen, the kind of people that will, he will win. These were the Gentiles. These were the people that we thought that the law cannot accommodate. But there was what we didn't know was that Christ got to a place that he could purchase an unseen people. What eyes have not yet seen, what ears have not yet heard, what has not entered the heart of any man is what God has prepared for those that love him, those driven by his love. That's what God has prepared. You know, we've been speaking about souls, 2,000 souls and etc. etc. What I'm saying to you is that this is the time for us to sow for it. Imagine if you're not participating in this time. I can now see a generation. I can see a people. Other sheep that are not part of this fold. I must bring them. That's how you get them. I must bring them. The people that cannot see will not do the things to win them. They too will listen to my voice. And what will happen? There shall be one flock and one shepherd. Eventually it won't look like two different people. We will all be one. We will all be one people. Look at verse 17. Let me wrap up. Are you ready to pray? Look at what he says. Go on. The reason my father loves me. So my question to open up was what, were, what justified the love and attention over certain men? We saw David, but we look at Christ. What justified the love? Why? Because Christ indicates here, when he says, my father loves me in the midst of people, what he's, what he's alluding to is that the kind of love for me is special. I thought God loves everyone. He does. But Christ singles out the kind of love that God has for him. What justified that love? He says, the reason for this kind of love is not how morally good or bad you are. It's not how hardworking you are. It's actually because of this. The reason my father loves me is what? Is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. I choose to lay down my life so that I can win that people. I just said it. I need you to hear me. So there can be someone that thinks with entitlement of position that they should be able to speak to a people. And they're struggling thinking, why are these people so stubborn? But they follow this person so freely the only way to win people is to lay down your life for them so a lock on wrote or posted the other day 
If you're not like, is it Phil Mitchell or who is it? Um, the guy from EastEnders, yeah. Huh? Ian. No one should cry like that, though. But if by the time of 11-11, you're not saying I have nothing left, sincerely. <laughs> Just know you will enjoy an event because the nation knows how to throw good events. But you would not have purchased the people. I said to you in the scripture yesterday that it's meant to be strangers that shepherd your flock. But those are people that you're meant to have won. The reason why I have this special level of love is because I laid down my life at will. Look at what he goes on to say in verse 18. Let me wrap this up. No one takes it from me. No one takes it from me. Yeah? But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. Go on. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. What I'm saying to you is that now we see that there's a new people out there. You witness it in your own heart. As Abraham witnessed the generation when God said it to him. It doesn't need to look like it. It's the word. What I'm saying to you guys, please, because I don't want to rush into the prayer without you understanding this. The moment the word came to us that I have sheep that are not part of this fold, that I must win, that they will hear my voice. It's like when God told Abraham that look at the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. That's your generation. When the word comes to you. So we didn't come up with this out of zeal. The word has now come to us today. Whatever the date is, 25th or so. The 25th of October, the word has come to us. Telling us that there's a people. Now, the people co-living, co-existing with us may not see it. They may think we're insane. But how do we verify? How do we certify that there's a people that God has given us? The way we move, people say you're insane. People will say that you've gone to the extreme. I'm just thinking about if we can make a seed that really shows, if we can give a seed promptly that really says we're willing to go to the extreme. If we can make the use of our hours, our times, our days that people will say these people are crazy, they're going extreme to a place of mockery even. Because it's at that point point that the purchasing power for a generation that cannot yet be seen is given i am not listen to me this word will go down in our, our archives it will go down you will know that when the church looks completely different to this tuesday coming to preach all the time when it looks totally different you will remember that it was not our good works that brought us here you guys will know that it was the word that stimulated. It was the word like when PT was saying a revival is coming. People could not see it, but the word came to him. The word has come and it has been delivered. A people is coming. But we must do everything to purchase them. I lay down my life for them. I'm willing to go to the extreme. So I've been saying to some of your brothers, you have to make this work. You don't understand. There's some people I've laughed at and I said, look, you don't get this. You lose your position. And I've been laughing with it. I'm trying to say you're purchasing something. Before now, sentiment can put you in a position. What you're purchasing now is a position. Every single person. 
I know God is trying to give me people. I know it. So this is why I want us to pray. Livingstone, I want you to come up. This is why we're going to pray. And what's our prayer? It's simple. Ephesians 3. We're going to pray. We want God to make us understand this love. We want to, and when I say understand, you know, sometimes we've rejected the force of God, the Christ of love, the um, the love of Christ that compels us. We reject it sometimes because we just misunderstood this thing. What I want us to do, we're going to, uh, I'm going to allow Livingstone to worship in a moment. I want you to get Ephesians 3 ready for me. I'm going to read this or it's going to be read to us. And then we're going to allow Livingstone to worship. I won't take your time because it's not in how long we pray, even though there's sometimes we pray. Like, you know, anyway, let me not, let me not do that. We're going to pray. I just need my mind to be focused on this moment, this season. I know when we're at the verge of something, that's when distractions try to come. But we must be willing to go to the extreme, go as far as possible. If you're here and you don't feel like there's been a force of love driving you, because that's the key, that's the secret behind mobilization and the ability to continue in it. You're going to have to pray yourself into it. You're going to have to ask God to try again with that love, the love that pushes men to the extreme. I want to witness it. I want to tell of it. Ephesians 3, chapter, four, uh, chapter 3, verse 14. And for, then we pray. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, yeah. from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, yeah. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide power directed to something specific. It was power to be able to handle this love, to understand the love that drove men. You know, we used to quote before, we used to quote before, you know, scriptures like. Uh, the disciples will be flogged and they used to run away rejoicing and we used to say it out of excitement but what we didn't know is that they could not do otherwise they were being driven there was something driving them this is what we need in the family in our time of mobilization across the houses this is what we need at this point to be able to purchase a new generation like it was like it happened in 2016 Look at the kind of people that joined the nation. We're of that generation. But imagine the next set of people coming. Can we purchase them? We have to allow love to drive us. So we're praying may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. You can begin to sing softly. Go on. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Yeah. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God the more we know this love the more we grow into the measure and fullness of God 
we become God in certain spaces, people will come to you because now God is seen. That's why people were able to be one. God knew that he needed to now be seen. He sent his son, the visible image. What God is trying to do with you and I is send us the visible image of himself. But that becomes, we grow in the measure and fullness of God the more we understand this love. So I want us to pray as a family tonight. Just for the next five to ten minutes, we're asking for us to understand this love that surpasses knowledge. Over to you, Livingstone.